Chapter Nine of *The Backwash of War* by Ellen Newbold Lamott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: Locomotive Ataxia. Just inside the entrance gates, a big flat-topped tent was pitched, which bore over the low door a signboard on which was painted "Triage Number One: Malade et Blessé Assis." this meant that those assis able to travel in the ambulances as sitters were to be deposited here for diagnosis and classification over beyond was the salle de temps the hut for receiving the grand blesse but a tent was sufficient for sick men and those slightly wounded it was an old tent weather-beaten a dull dirty gray within the floor was of earth and along each side ran long narrow backless benches on which the sick men and the slightly wounded sat waiting sorting a grey twilight pervaded the interior and the everlasting belgian rain beat down upon the creaking canvas beat down in gentle dripping patters or in hard noisy gusts as it happened it was always dry inside however and the earth floor was dusty except at the entrance where a triangle of mud projected almost to the doctor's table in the middle the sol de temps was different it was more comfortable the seriously wounded were unloaded carefully and placed upon beds covered with rubber sheeting and clean sacking which protected the thin mattresses from blood the patients were afterwards covered with red blankets and stone hot-water bottles were also given them sometimes but in the sorting tent there were no such comforts they were not needed the sick men and the slightly wounded could sit very well on the backless benches till the médecin mayor had time to come and examine them quite a company of sitters were assembled here one morning helped out of two big ambulances that drove in within ten minutes of each other they were a dejected lot and they stumbled into the tent unsteadily groping toward the benches upon which they tried to pose their weary old fevered bodies in comfortable attitudes and as it couldn't be done there was a continual shifting movement and unrest heavy legs in heavy wet boots were shoved stiffly forward then dragged back again old thin bodies bent forward twisted sideways coarse filthy hands hung supine between spread knees and then again the hands would change and support whiskered discouraged faces they were all uncouth grotesque dejected and they smelt abominably these poilus these hairy unkempt soldiers at their feet their sacks lay bulging with their few possessions they hadn't much but all they had lay there at their feet old brown canvas sacks bulging muddy worn worn out like their owners tied on the outside were water cans and extra boots and bayonets and inside were socks and writing paper and photographs of ugly wives therefore the ungainly sacks were precious and they hugged them with their tired feet afraid that they might lose them then finally the mayor arrived and began the business of sorting them he was brisk and alert and he called them one by one to stand before him they shuffled up to his little table wavering deprecating humble and answered his brief impatient questions and on the spot he made snap diagnoses such as rheumatism bronchitis kicked by a horse 
knocked down by dispatch rider dysentery and so on a paltry stupid lot of ailments and minor accidents demanding a few days treatment it was a dull service this medical service yet one had to be always on guard against contagion so the service was a responsible one but the mayor worked quickly sorted them out hastily and then one by one they disappeared behind a hanging sheet where the orderlies took off their old uniforms washed the patients a little and then led them to the wards it was a stupid service so different from that of the grand blesse there were some interests in that but this eclopé business these minor ailments these streams of petty sickness petty accidents dirty skin diseases and vermin all war if you like but how banal later in the medical wards the mayor made his rounds to inspect more carefully the men upon whom he had made snap diagnoses to correct the diagnosis if need be and to order treatment the chief treatment they needed was a bath a clean bed and a week of sleep but the doctor being fairly conscientious thought to hurry things a little to hasten the return of these old tired men to the trenches so that they might come back to the hospital again as a grand blesse in which event they would be interesting so he ordered a ventruza or cupping for the bronchitis cases there is much bronchitis in flanders in the trenches because of the incessant belgian rain they are sick with it too poor devils so said the mayor to himself as he made his rounds five men here lying in a row all tomain poisoning due to some rank tinned stuff they'd been eating yonder there three men with itch filthy business their hands all covered with it tearing at their bodies with their black claw-like nails the orderlies had not washed them very thoroughly small blame to them so the mayor made his rounds walked slowly very bored but conscientious these dull wrecks were needed in the trenches he must make them well at bed nine andre stopped something different this time he tried to recall it oh yes in the sorting tent he'd noticed monsieur mayor a thin hand clean and slim rose to the salute the bed covers were very straight sliding neither to this side nor to that as covers slide under restless pain i cannot walk monsieur mayor so andre stopped attentive the man continued I, I cannot walk monsieur mayor because of that from the trenches i was removed a month ago after that i was given a fourgon a wagon in which to transport the loaves of bread but soon it arrived that i could not climb to the high seat of my wagon nor could i mount to the saddle of my horse so i was obliged to lead my horses stumbling at their bridles so i have stumbled for the past four weeks but now i cannot even do that it is very painful andre passed a hand over his short thick upright hair and smoothed his stiff brush reflectively then he put questions to the man confidentially and at the answers continued to rub backward his tight brush of hair after which he disappeared from the ward for a time but returned presently bringing with him a paris surgeon who happened to be visiting the front that day there also came with him another little doctor of the hospital staff who was interested in what andre had told him of the case 
the three stood together at the foot of the bed stroking their beards and their hair meditatively while they plied the patient with questions after which they directed alphonse the swarthy dark orderly who looked like a brigand and henri the priest orderly to help the patient to rise they stood him barefoot upon the floor supporting him slightly by each elbow to his knees or just above them fell a scant gay pink flannel nightshirt his sole garment it was one of many warm gay nightshirts pink and cheerful that some women of america had sent over to the wounded heroes of france it made a bright spot of colour in the sombre ward and through the open window one caught glimpses of green hop fields and a windmill in the distance waving its slow arms walk commanded andre walk to the door turn and return the man staggered between the beds holding to them half bent over fearful cool summer air blew in through the window waving the pink nightshirt making goose flesh rise on the shapely white legs that wavered then he moved down the ward between the rows of beds moving with uncertain running halting steps upon the linoleum his bare feet flapped in soft thumps groping wildly interfering knocking against each other the man trying to control them gazed in fright from side to side down to the door he padded rocked swayed turned and almost fell then back again he flapped dense stillness in the ward broken only by the hard unsteady thumping of the bare feet the feet masterless as the spirit had been masterless years ago the three judges in white blouses stood with arms folded motionless the patients in the beds sat up and tittered the man who had been kicked by a horse raised himself and smiled he who had been knocked down by a dispatch rider sat up as did those with bronchitis and those with tomaine poisoning they sat up looked and sniggered they knew so did andre so did the paris surgeon and the little staff doctor and the swarthy orderly and the priest orderly they all knew the patient knew too the laughter of his comrades told him so he was to be released from the army physically unfit he could no longer serve his country for many months he had faced death under the guns a glorious death now he was to face death in another form not glorious shameful only he didn't know much about it and couldn't visualize it after all he might possibly escape he who had so loved life so he was rather pleased to be released from service the patients in the surrounding beds ceased laughing they had other things to think about as soon as they were cured of the dysentery and of the itch they were going back again to the trenches under the guns so they pitied themselves and they rather envied him being released from the army they didn't know much about it either they couldn't visualize an imbecile degrading lingering death they could only comprehend escape from sudden death under the guns one way or another it is about the same tragedy either way and death either way but the tragedies of peace equal the tragedies of war the sum total of suffering is the same they balance up pretty well paris eighteen june nineteen sixteen end of chapter nine